everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that are disappointed that I didn't say, yay, yay! Not disappointed at all. You disappointed? Me and Michael don't like that, actually. I'm well, loving that you you stopped doing it. Well, with that being said, the Brodo Fantasy Podcast Part 2 begins now. Yay, yay! Feeling alright, feeling okay. Feeling okay. Feeling alright, feeling okay. All right, that first episode was too long. We went too long. We got a little out of hand. Uh, again, we're next week. We should have the new studio, at least like the room and the equipment set to go. Finally, finally, we we have a lot better of a situation going in terms of Jason has a microphone. I have a microphone. Michael has a. Uh, a you know, kind of a microphone, but we, me and Jason both have microphones, so it's coming out pretty clear. And so you may not have noticed, but we're on the phone again. And yeah, we have no way to track the time unless we just like, all right, we started at this time. So uh, sorry if that one went a little long. We're gonna try and keep this one short, but we're gonna give you all the fancy information. Sometimes the fancy information takes over, brah. All right. So let's start in the AFC North in a slab of Um, It's the Cincinnati Bengals against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Jason called it. Andy Dalton shit the bed yet again in the matchup. Most stupid to be great in. And now he's facing a Baltimore Ravens defense uh, that's coming off a bye. And, uh, yeah, Andy Dalton. Uh, are you even considering starting him in this one? No. Yeah, no shot. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Don't start Andy Dalton. Um. Let's move over to the wide receivers. Tyler Boyd looked like he's going to have a more giant opportunity. The whole offense as a whole really got shut down. Uh, turnovers really killed them. Andy Dalton turnovers to be more specific. But Tyler Boyd only three for 65. Is is that a product of game script or is it a product of A.J. Green is not making the same lane for Tyler Boyd that he did before? I mean, I think it was a little bit of everything. It was just an all-around terrible performance by the Bengals last week. So no A.J. Green, but then also just no type of flow at all in their offense. They couldn't get the run game or the passing game going at any point. So I, I do still like Tyler Boyd this week as a wide receiver, too. After last week, he's getting – people are just forgetting about him as if he hasn't been performing as a high-end wide receiver, too, all season. Yes, he's had some down games, but it happens. So I like him this week. He in the he stayed in the slot last week, which was nice to see. And uh, I mean, Baltimore Tavon Young isn't a great cornerback. He's solid, but he's not someone to shy away from. Yeah, I think because PJ Williams hasn't had a great year, you don't realize that even though their slot corner hasn't had a great year as a team, they are doing really well against a slot wide receiver, uh, sixth in DVOA against a slot wideout, as opposed to Baltimore, who's twentieth in DVOA. Uh, against a slot wideout. To be so, clear, you're talking about the Saints. Yes, I'm talking about the Saints. Last week they played the Saints, yeah, and now this week yeah. they play the Ravens. Tony, for yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry if I didn't make that clear. So PJ Williams is the Saints slot corner. So that's the matchup last week. But they're six in DVOA against the slot receiver. So it wasn't really a great matchup for Tyler Boyd after all. Um, but this one looks like a much better matchup. Jason, are you rolling with Tyler Boyd? Yeah, I mean he's been a little uh, roller coastery of late, but his. His ascensions have been pretty good, and he's really Dalton's only weapon right now in the passing game. So I'm cool with rolling with Boyd still. Hey, there is one more weapon making his uh, burst back onto the scene is John Ross. He caught a touchdown. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he caught a touchdown. He had a fan. He, he scored. He scored ten points in in ten and a half points in half point PPR. Like he 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 played well. So in my not- eyes, in my eyes, he saved his day with a touchdown. I'm not touching him in this game in a tougher matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, elaborate on that a little bit. I mean, he's facing Jimmy Smith and the rest of the Ravens defense. You'd rather attack the Ravens from the inside. John Ross didn't. It's not like he saw a AJ Green's volume and AJ Green's targets. He. He just ended up catching a touchdown in what was an uneventful day. If he didn't catch that touchdown, people wouldn't even be talking about him. So John Ross is not some someone I want to start this week. Michael? Yeah, I'm I'm not even coming close to touching John Ross. Their their passing offense looked atrocious last week. And it's not like John Ross is anywhere close to the caliber player AJ Green is. So as motorcycles rev in the background, one motorcycle that did not rev at all last week, which not for nothing, we told you that it wouldn't, is Joe Mixon, 11 carries for 61 yards, only two for 24 in the air. So didn't have like a shitty game to the point where uh, maybe he did because he shitty never, game. Yeah, it was a pretty shitty game because because of expectations. Um, what about Joe Mixon in this game against the Ravens? I'm calling more of the same. Uh I called it last week. I'm going with it again. I'm doubling down. Joe Mixon, his upside came with his workhorse role, but now he hasn't been involved in the passing game for a while now. Gio Bernard came back last week, took three targets and two rushes from him. That might not seem like a lot, but five touches for a player who's reliant on volume is a big deal, especially when he's seeing three targets. Uh, so uh, in a tough matchup against Baltimore, the Baltimore – uh, run defense is good. Cincinnati's not looking good as a whole all around. I just don't love the matchup once again. Uh, Baltimore is second to only Pittsburgh in yards allowed from scrimmage to running back. So that's passing and receiving yards. And then they don't even Mixon doesn't even catch the ball. So he's going to have to rely on getting a lot of receiving yards. Basically, I think he's going to be a touchdown or bust RB2 this week. Uh, I got to agree with you on that one. Baltimore also allowing the, the second well, the second least. Um, their second best against. There you go. I, I, I fucked that one up last time. I fucked it up again. Uh, against the running backs in terms of fantasy points against. Is there anyone else on this Baltimore offense that you'd like to talk about? Cincinnati offense. But yeah. no. No. All right. Let's get to no. that Baltimore offense then. Uh, I like the Baltimore Ravens defense in this one. No, so no Hugh Jackson boost? Dude. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The NFL. The NFL. Coaching tree is a joke. The fact that Hugh Jackson got a job that quickly. The NFL is all uh, nepotism and recycling of old coaches. It's nuts. Nepotism bars. Um, this show is nepotism. <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, we did this for ourselves, kid. <laughs> all right, guys. So uh, let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens defense. Let's 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 defense? get to the elephant uh, offense. Excuse me. Let's get to the elephant in the room right away. Joe Flacco is still dealing with injury. We do not know if he's going to play. Does Lamar Jackson suit up in this game? And if he does, how much do you like him? Okay, let's go. Michael, go. Love him. I just, listen, we're talking about a rookie quarterback who has never started a game. And now Flacco gets down and all I see across the fancy industry is go pick up Lamar Jackson now. Game-changing upside. He could win you a championship. These people forgetting that we're, we play in one QB leagues, right? And that there's a lot of successful quarterbacks in the league fantasy-wise. What's the point of putting all your dice in the basket of a rookie quarterback who by any means has not looked good passing the ball 
He's just been coming in to do, run the Wildcat offense. He didn't really look that good in preseason. His passes this year haven't been great. I mean, they're few and far between. But why Why is everyone acting like he's just going to come in and have like a this huge effect on the offense? Either way, it's the it's the uh, Ravens offense. It just is. It's not a great offense. Jason, you seem to have a much different opinion about this. <clears throat> why do you say that? Me and Michael agree. <laughs> oh yeah. You said, didn't you say hell yeah when I said Lamar Jackson? No, I said go ahead or something to me. Oh, 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 I thought you said hell yeah. Well, all right, so if you agree with Michael, what's up? So I think that Lamar Jackson is a quarterback that a lot of people were iffy on whether he could even be an NFL quarterback. Uh, I think he's going to have to rely on his legs. And sure, it's a good matchup, but it's also a rookie quarterback. This is the whole, you know, obviously Alabama's not going to beat the Bills. This is a rookie quarterback. The last time he started a game was in college. Cincinnati is still an NFL defense. I'm not just going to – it's a great matchup, yes, but I'm not just going to jump on the uh, Lamar Jackson train. I, I think it's a great upside play in a quarterback in a two-quarterback league. For one-quarterback leagues, I'm not trusting him. And more of that reason is because I think Alex Collins is in for a big day. I think that either Flacco is going to play hurt or Lamar Jackson is going to play, and they're going to rely on Alex Collins. He's been relying on the touchdown this season – but Cincinnati's allowing 10 rushing touchdowns in the last five games. They're also allowing 180 rushing yards per game. So we're either going to have a rookie or a hurt quarterback. We have a running back who has been great when given the ball, but not enough. So I think this is going to be a, finally a game where the Ravens give Alex Collins touches. Uh, I think Buck Allen might even find the end zone. Ty Montgomery might get involved. I think this is going to be a big running back game for the Ravens. I have Alex Collins ranked 13th. Lamar Jackson, sure, it's going to be a fun story. I want to see him play. But to start him... No, especially when Dak Prescott against Tampa Bay is on a lot of waiver wires. See, now look, me and Jason, this is probably the most far apart we've ever been, ever, on receivers. He has John Brown as wide receiver 39. I have John Brown as wide receiver 18. Whoa. Oh, my. That's a stark difference. Listen, I talked about this in person to you guys. I have been the John Brown whisperer this year. You have been. You have been. I haven't mentioned it on the show or anything. But if, if I were to run it back, if we had like a... A producer who could just find sound clips. I've been pretty spot on about John Brown all season. Well, you just jinxed yourself because <laughs> John Brown is going against Cincinnati, who has given up what is it, 500 yards in three straight games or something of that sort? NFL record. NFL record. So they've just been absolutely atrocious. They've quickly gone up the ranks of defenses to attack from a fantasy standpoint. And you just act like all because Lamar. I don't like Lamar Jackson this that much this week. But it doesn't mean the wide receivers can't have big games. John Brown is on the low, seeing like five targets a game. Yes, but they're getting beat long and often. The Bengals are, and they're John also Brown getting beat on the ground. And I think I like a ground game for the Ravens. I like John Brown as a wide receiver too. I like Crabtree as the possession receiver as a wide receiver three. And I'm not as high on Alex Collins as you are, Alex Collins. Yes, this is as good a matchup as ever to find the end zone, but. As always, he's super touchdown dependent. So he's my running back 22 on the week, and that was even. He's given up 10 touchdowns in the last five games on the ground. He's going to score a touchdown. We'll see. Or maybe it'll be John Brown. You know, Michael, I I got to say, like, usually you're on with this, and I agree with most of the things you say. You've been pretty on fire this year, but are you? I how much you take into consideration the Lamar Jackson factor when you're ranking these wide receivers where you are? How much you take into account the Bengals' defense? Okay. All right. All right. I see your point. And it's not like um, Lamar Jackson doesn't have 
an arm to reach downfield. Okay. So Alex Collins, you guys have talked about him. I'm interested in Ty Montgomery because I think Ty Montgomery is one of the more intriguing candidates that Javarius Allen, Buck Allen, uh, never really liked by that coaching staff. That coaching staff has tried all they can uh, to get him out of the picture and Seems like they're going to get him out of the picture completely uh, with the addition of Ty Montgomery. And we know that Baltimore has a history of loving to throw to the, to the running back out of the backfield. Um, what do you think the outlook is for Ty Montgomery? He's coming off a bye week. He had a chance to prepare with the team. Uh, is he someone that uh, you could at least stash on your bench? Uh, uh, for me, personally, I had a spot to kill. I had Andy Dalton on my team. I didn't want him on my team anymore. I went and I picked up Ty Montgomery because, listen, if he becomes a big part of this offense, that's a guy I think that could be valuable, uh, a valuable asset, maybe filling in for some guys in a PPR league uh, specifically. What do you guys? How do you guys feel about Ty Montgomery in this one? Not um, yet. I mean, I, I said earlier, I think it's going to be a good running back game, but we still don't know how Montgomery and Buck Allen are going to be distributed behind Alex Collins. So, not yet. I, I I can't put him in my lineup and expect points. Yeah, me neither. He'll probably I'm expecting him to at best share the workload on third downs with Buck Allen. I don't think he's just gonna come in and automatically play fifteen to twenty snaps. I don't really see that happening. Mark Andrews was three for fifty. Any interest in the tight end? Uh no. I I think that Mark Andrews is a sneaky play this week. If, I, I actually have if Lam, if Lamar Jackson plays. I actually have Hayden Hurst mm, as my 20th receiver. I mean, tight end on a hunch as well, but you guys know I'm great at picking tight ends. Uh, he has not really had an impact yet this year, but he was the Lamar Jackson. He had the Lamar Jackson connection going during the preseason. We've seen things like this happen before with backup QBs. So Hayden Hurst is someone to keep an eye on. Anyone else in this game you guys would like to talk about? No, no. Great. Let's move on to the next one on the docket. Um, docket. Texans at Redskins is the game. The Houston Texans are the only team in the last six weeks to to be top five in points allowed against the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. The Houston defense has absolutely come into its own. Uh, Washington, on the other hand, uh, continues to win games defensively. Uh, Their offense hasn't been doing much. Adrian Peterson has his first back-to-back bad games um capri bibbs does an a pretty he did a pretty good job filling in for chris thompson two weeks ago this week shits the bed um same with maurice harris a big game two weeks ago but he did he did lead the league in target lead the team in target excuse me but only for 52 yards uh jordan reed kind of has a lackluster performance uh in terms of this passing game for the redskins is there anyone that you're excited about listen the Bills might not be playing this week, but it's time to give the Bills treatment and say, yo, skins. I can't believe they're six and three, man. Even AP? Uh, I think that AP can only be trusted as a back end RB2 this week. Uh, I wouldn't love to start him. I'd be okay with benching him if you have better options. He has, he has 85 yards combined the last two weeks. Uh, I don't think they're going to have a lot of opportunities. If you look at what Houston has done recently, Deshaun Watson hasn't attempted more than 25 passes in the last four games. Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue are combining for uh, 30, like 35 touches a game total. They're taking a very Seattle approach, and it's affecting game script and time of possession. I don't think 
and also a Washington approach. So I think it's going to be a, ver- a game in which there's not many possessions. So you're going to have to do a lot with a little. That is not what Adrian Peterson has been doing, especially when they're going to be down. I expect Houston to win. Uh, and then if you look around, I mean, Jordan Reed hasn't been a tight end once since he was a tight end 12 in week one, so please with him. Alex Smith can't be trusted. Uh, Maurice Harris is a decent wide receiver three PPR play. Josh Jackson has t- a touchdown in two straight games, but he hasn't passed 50 yards. So I don't – I think it's going to be a disappointing game from the skins all around. Uh no, I'm a little intrigued by Josh Doxon. I'm not going to lie, but not in this one. I mean, uh, I, in, in one of the Brodo leagues, I've started him the last two weeks where he scored a touchdown twice. Yeah, so I, I'm a little intrigued by him. I also think it's a bad game for AP because of game script. I think Houston might take an early lead in this one. I think AP might be game scripted right out. Let's not forget they gave up 400 total yards of offense to the Buccaneers. They just ended up getting some big turnovers. Josh Norman with a pick in the red zone. Uh there was a fumble in the red zone by Fitzmagic. So you can't you can't bank on that. Especially no, with a guy it also has a lot to do with the game script of the way Texans have been the Texans have been playing recently. The Buccaneers are completely different. They're going run heavy recently. So let's go over to the Texans. Let's talk about that offense a little bit. Um are you a Lamar Miller fan if you if this is what you're talking about? By the way, Devonta Foreman activated off the pup today. Dante. Dante, sorry. Keep Jeez doing that. Louise. I keep doing it. It's Devonta Freeman. It's Dante Freeman. Dante Foreman. It's, it's, it's confusing stuff. You're the worst. Either it's way. Not, well, no, you D, say, D you period say, Foreman. You the former Dante or Dante. It's just Deontay Foreman. Bada bing, bada boom. All right. D period Foreman, the former uh, Texas Longhorn. All right. He is in the backfield. Uh, he could join the backfield, excuse me, but currently in the backfield. Uh, Lamar Miller is one of the more confusing players ever. As soon as you think that he's got the the juice, Alfred Blue comes and gets 15 carries. What? But I do want to mention, Alfred Blue's seen 30 touches the last two weeks. Lamar Miller's seen 32. But he's still seen 32. I think this isn't more of Lamar Miller losing his job as more of the Texans have become a run-first team recently. So he's still seeing a decent amount of touches. Now, this week, I don't love him. I hear what uh, you're saying about that, Jason. My bad. But you got to be concerned with the fact that it's it's not how could I how could I put it? It's not that he's losing opportunities. It's, I mean, it's not that Alfred Blue's getting touches. It's that he's getting more touches. He got 15 carries to Lamar Miller's 12. That's that's the part. That's the part. Now, even with the catches combined. 15 touches for Blue, 14 touches for Miller. So that's the part that concerns me, the fact that Blue's been getting more than Miller. I mean, my point is just, if you look, week two, 16 touches for Miller. Week three, 15. Uh, Week four, 14. He's not losing work. He's playing the same amount of snaps. They just turned into a different offense. A lot of people are seeing the work between the two and assuming Lamar Miller can't be trusted anymore. He's still the same Lamar Miller. Now, whether that's a good thing or not, that's a different story. This week, I don't think it's a good thing. I think he's more of a flex play than RB2. But Blue's emergence isn't necessarily Lamar Miller's fault. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with basically everything Jason just said there. I have Miller as a low-end RB2. Uh, I'm not trusting Blue. It is interesting seeing the work he's getting, but even with the work, he has not been fantasy relevant. He has 
15 rushes for 42 yards and 15 rushes for 39 yards back to back weeks with no receptions or anything. So not even we got 15 rushes each week and not even five fantasy points. Do you think this is kind of like practice for when Foreman comes back? Practice for splitting the backfield? I mean, no, I I don't understand everyone's obsession with Dante Foreman as if he's just going to come back and be a big part of the offense. Just wait and see. But no, I don't think that's it. Uh, Obviously, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. Demarius Thomas has a bye week to get more familiarized with his team. Um, How do you guys feel about about Demarius Thomas in this one? Uh, uh, So, buoying off of my point that they're more run heavy recently, I don't really love the offense for the Texans in this game. Uh, Watson in the last four games is averaging 192 passing yards. Demarius Thomas has been a touchdown-dependent wide receiver three flex play for almost two years now, so I don't love him. I prefer the play of Kiki Cutie uh, as a wide receiver three, potentially. I know he hasn't played since week seven. Washington's been pretty good guarding the slot. But we know what Demarius Thomas is. We know that his role isn't... We're not sure what his role is yet in Houston, but we know that he hasn't been very productive recently. He saw three targets in his debut. If Deshaun Watson is only throwing the ball 20 times a game, how many more targets is he really going to see where QT was more of a running back replacement type when he was playing? So I, I just, I'd rather trust QT than DT. Michael? Uh, so I'm not on the same page here with Jason. Uh, Josh Norman stays on the left side of the field. That's that's his role there. Uh, Danny Johnson is on the other side, He who has just been absolutely terrible. So I mean, DT, when he's lined up on that side of the field, is going to have his opportunities. He he His first game with the Texans, he went three for 65. I think he he just had the bye week to get – not the bye week. He Did they just have a bye week, right? Yeah, they did. I'm bugging. They just had a bye week for him to get even more acclimated into the offense. Meanwhile, Kiki QT is coming off of a long injury. While he is expected to play, it's still not a given that he does play. Uh, I think they both have upside, but I do prefer DT this week. Uh, I have him as just a fringe wide receiver three, more of a flex play, but I prefer him to QT. If you have Watson, you're probably playing him, but where do you guys have him ranked in your overall QB rankings this week? A little little separated on Watson. I have him at seven. Jason has him at 11. But both of you, Watson is a starting quarterback. Yes. Yeah, so let's go, go ahead, Jason. I mean, yes, but there's people I'd stream over him. Like? Uh, Dak Prescott. So you're really on the Dak wagon this week. This week, yeah. Man, Dak Prescott, when he had his like first game of this run that he's been on where he's been a uh, fancy relevant QB, and I said, maybe it's a sign of things to come, you guys like laughed at me. So, ha. Ah. <laughs> I honestly don't recall. I don't remember I'm that gonna, either. I'm going to go find that. I'm going to go find that. I'm going to find a bet that we made. No, not a bet. I wrote down all our bets. Michael, you're talking about all here. Michael is, do you know what he did today? He, look, his, his, we, ha, we have a money league that we take very seriously. And Michael, like a genius, drafted James Conner in the ninth round. And it seemed like a reach at the time, but it ended up being very well. And he also has Todd Gurley. So you can imagine what his team looks like with James Conner and Todd, Todd Gurley. He's projected like 172 this week. So he took a screenshot of it and put it in the chat. 
174. I took a screenshot of it and like look at my projection. Fuck your projection, Michael. I, right? I right, homie. Anyway. I mean, Michael really does have like a eight man team in a twelve man league. It's crazy. Michael's team is ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. I'm not. And I'm the fifth seed right now in that league, and that means I'm playing Michael in the second round if I advance. I'm kind of shook, but don't tell Michael. Um, let's Talk go to that league. I've put up 142 weeks in a row and lost both games. Oh, uh, what was you? So lack of skill. Let's uh let's go don't to the next the game. Champ that way. The Raiders at the Cardinals. Um. That was gross. Correct. You got you went a little too gross there. You can went, make like a fake throw up sound, but yeah, I went like one level too gross. Seeing your face doing it too is even grosser. <laughs> um, let's let's go with the Raiders. I, I don't think there's many Raiders you're starting, so let's not even go through them. Let's say which Raiders are you actually interested in? I think Jalen Rashard is the only one I'm interested in. Here. I think you're bugging. I think Doug Martin is a good play this week. Really. Yeah, I think Jalen Rashard's a terrible play, <laughs> to be honest. Okay. Uh, Doug Martin's seen 39 rushes in the last three weeks. That's even despite extremely lopsided scores. So we know his volume's going to be there. We know John, Jake, uh, John Gruden wants to run the ball and be old school. And Arizona's 31st in the league in rushing yards. And Doug Martin's also seeing some targets when he's out there as the main running back. So I like Doug Martin as a running back, too, this week. I think that he's going to see the volume. He's facing a defense that... um isn't good against the run. He's facing a team that's probably not going to score that many points, so it's not going to be game script dependent. So I think Doug Martin's going to see a lot of burn and score a good amount of fantasy points. And then Jalen Rashard, uh, just following up, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. He's only been really relevant in high-scoring games. He's not going to see a lot of passing work. He's not someone that I want to use. Uh, Jason, 2013 called. It, wa- it wants its analysis back. Right. I was like, Shh. At what point do you just look at Doug Martin and say, but it's Doug Martin? Like, yeah. I haven't been 26 running back. You haven't been 18. It's just absurd. Like, how do you play Doug Martin over Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, AP, Lindsey, Deion Lewis? Ingram's been good one time in the last. Over Marlon Mack over Deion Lewis? 18 calendar months. All right. That's just one of the many guys I named. Like, dude, Hold on. Yeah, but Doug Martin, Doug Martin has been good zero times in the last 47 calendar months. Wait. Doug Martin. Hasn't even topped 15 carries the last three weeks. So, yeah, sure, he gets the carries. But 15 carries against Arizona, say that he averages four yards a carry against them, which would be solid. That's in 60 a, yards. And then he needs to find the end zone. In a game where hot take, I think Arizona puts up some points in this game. Not a lot. No, I think they put up a lot of points. I think Derek David Johnson has a great game, and I think I think I think the Cardinals can top 30 in this one. Uh, it's a stretch. Top thirty. How can I put about that? I know it's not fancy wise, but holy moly! I I think they have the chance. Look, I don't. Look, Oakland has been dead last in every single category. They period. Trash, They're twenty ninth uh, DVO game against a running back. They're thirty second in DVOA against a tight end. So maybe a couple, a, a touchdown or two for Ricky Seals Jones. Um, let's go over to the Cardinals. I think David Johnson has a ridiculous game. I would not be surprised if he was the running back one again. Um, Byron Leftwich in the in the two games that he's had David Johnson, you see more of a offense that looks more like the Bruce Arians offense, which includes twelve and ten receptions for Larry. I mean Larry Fitzgerald in the last two, 
and David Johnson getting more involved in the passing game and being the focal point of the offense. I like both of them this week, and I think I like Christian Kirk as well to put up some numbers. Uh, tell me why I'm wrong. All right, I'll tell you why you're wrong about Christian Kirk. Uh, you were talking about Byron Leftwich, lefty over here, taking over Bruce Arian's style. Obviously, it's been better fantasy-wise for Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, which is why I don't like Christian Kirk because since Leftwich took over, he has not produced at the same level that he was in the in the previous games. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald has basically taken up the majority of wide receiver targets. Uh, how many targets did Fitz get last week? Twelve. Twelve targets, exactly. And he's had... He's averaging 10 targets a game over the last three games. Ricky Seals-Jones had nine targets last game. David Johnson had targets of his own. Uh, I think it's more of a Larry Fitz, Seals-Jones, David Johnson offense moving forward than it is a Christian Kirk offense. I do think he could be a solid flex play this week just because it is against Oakland, and he has had he does have a chance of breaking a long touchdown, but I don't love him. You know what's funny? Me and Michael make our rankings separately, and then we put them together on a – uh, Google Sheet. And if you look at our rankings, we both have Larry Fitzgerald as 24, and we both have uh, Christian Kirk as 44. And we well, both have there. David Johnson as 8. How about Ricky Seals-Jones? <laughs> Ricky Seals-Jones, Michael's at 15. I'm a little higher on Ricky Seals-Jones. He saw 23% of Rosen's targets last week, and I know that he hasn't... Uh, I mean, Rosen threw a lot last week, but he still saw 23%. And Oakland's a pretty easy matchup, so I think he's a decent streamer this week with a lot of Tight ends that people are starting, just proving to be absolute trash. <clears throat> Evan Ingram, <clears throat> Jared Cook. Uh, I have Ricky Seals Jones over both those guys. I'd rather take that shot. We've seen uh, David Johnson is 100 or more yards in both games with Byron Leftwich. Um, I I like him as well. And then Larry Fitzgerald is the safer play over Kirk in the new offense of the Cardinals. Well, thank you, Jason, for summarizing everything you just said. I appreciate that. Uh, let's move over to our next game: the Broncos at the Chargers in an AFC West. Matchup. Uh, let's start over with the Broncos because there's some intriguing storylines that the Broncos are coming with. The first one is the return of Royce Freeman. He is set to return and he's available in a lot of leagues. That's a guy that I went and picked up in two leagues just to, to, you know, just to take a chance on it. Just to like, you know, that is a committee. Uh, it stayed a committee. Uh, when, even when he was gone, Devontae Booker saw a lot of touches. So I think he has a chance to be fantasy relevant. If he has a chance to score some touchdowns. I mean, he's not going to blow you out of the water, um, but you keep an eye on him. But in terms of the running game, uh, how do you feel about the combination of Lindsey and the return of Freeman against the Chargers? I don't um, love him. But Jason, let's start with you. Uh, the Chargers, if you look at their home and road splits, at home, they've been a top-five run defense. On the road, they've been a bottom-five run defense. The Chargers are at home. Uh, Devontae Booker has a pretty solid pass-catching role. Uh, Royce Freeman is coming back. So I think that Lindsey's upside is capped against a team that's much better at home. Uh, Freeman's going to be useless. Booker's going to be useless. So I think that just the situation isn't great for Philip Lindsey. Michael? So I'm obviously higher on... Lindsay than Jason is if you look at the rankings. He has him at 22. I have him at 17. I just I think that the Broncos are going to struggle to pass against the Chargers. They're going to have to get some type of run game going, and it will be Philip Lindsay doing most of the heavy lifting as it's been the last few weeks. He has, a, he has 17 and 18 carries the last two weeks. 
even if Royce Freeman comes back, well, he's expected to come back. I don't really see him working into the breaking into Lindsey's workload too much, really. Lindsey has basically cemented himself as the number one running back there, in my opinion. He's been playing very well, so I uh, <clears throat> I don't like Freeman in any type of league, even the deepest of leagues this week. But I think Lindsey's a solid RB too, because just I feel like he'll get fifteen to twenty touches against LA. I feel like you guys are right about Freeman. Who, but I have Matt Breida and Sonny Michelle on buys right now. Oof. And I uh, I just had to release Derrick Henry last week, which uh, I'm I'm really sad that I did that, especially after his role ex- expanded. That was one of the more stupider moves I've done. But I'm gonna have to start Royce Freeman. Oof. Uh, go, so, go to the waiver wire, bro. Yeah, honestly, I'd rather. The running back waiver wire is so thin, it's kind of freaking crazy. Take a shot yeah. on your boy Ty Montgomery. I got. I, I'm choosing. I'm choosing between Ty Montgomery right now. So you would you would rather take a shot a, a shot between a shot a shot? You'd rather take a shot on Ty Montgomery, um, than Royce Freeman. I think so, just because of upside. I think so too. Interesting. Uh, that's the decision I got to make. So I'm, I mean, they're both awful. I don't think they're each reaching I mean, four points. True. I'm playing the the 11th place team in the league, so I'm, I'm Tim. Hoping. I'll find you a running back later. I'll I'll scavenge for you. Oh man, Michael! Like, look at Michael. It's like he's like, oh yeah, I'm so good that I could I could give you some advice. I mean, I'm in first place. I lead the league in points by like 280 points. <laughs> I'm chilling. <laughs> Uh, oh, 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 suck it. All right. Um, let's talk about the pass catching options out with the Broncos. Jeff Hireman, one of your guys' favorite guys, uh, 10 receptions, 83 yards, and a touchdown before going into his bye week, now coming out of the bye week. Um, how do you guys feel about Jeff Hireman? I'll let Jason get into this because he's a Hireman guy. That's his boy. Yeah, it's CJ Federowitz part two. I'm loving it. Fido, uh, he's been What's his faces? Case Keenum's favorite red zone target all season. He leads the Broncos in red zone targets. Uh, the only problem was that he wasn't seeing that many targets. And then Demarius Thomas gets traded, and Jeff Urban sees 11 targets. So he had 11 targets in one game, eight red zone targets in the last four games. Demarius Thomas is now traded. And I know everyone wants to jump on Corlin Sutton, but he's an, the number one outside receiver now. So he gets matchups like Casey Hayward. So... I think that Jeff Hewerman can continue to produce. He's becoming a favorite of Keenum. And we know with Emmanuel Sanders that Keenum likes throwing to his favorite receivers. Yeah, uh, um, yeah go ahead, Michael. I'm with Jason here. I have Hewerman. I'm actually streaming Hewerman in one league where I have Najoku and Gronk both on by this week. You know, fuck Gronk, first of all. <laughs> all the Gronk anger in my system has to come out somewhere. I have, yeah, I have Hewerman as my ninth tight end this week just because of opportunity. I see him getting a lot of targets again. I don't see why he wouldn't really get a lot of targets just because he got Casey Hayward on the outside. Desmond King, who has been one of the, by far one of the best cornerbacks in the league out of the slot this year, is against Emmanuel Sanders, who's u- who usually funnels in the most targets for the Broncos. So I think Jeff Hewerman has a pretty hefty workload again this week. Tell me about Corlin Sutton and how you feel about him this week. And you already touched on Emmanuel Sanders a little bit, but touch on him as well. Just want to tell you one thing for you guys to talk about this week against the Chargers. But the upcoming schedule for the Broncos is one of the better schedules for wide receivers. And this is why uh, Corlin Sutton was high on our list of pickups when he became available. Coming up, uh, home against the Steelers, at the Bengals, at the 49ers, home against the Browns, at the Raiders in championship week. Uh 
Cortland Sutton, guys. Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Um, rest of the season, at least. Not this. Uh, so you don't like him this week? He has to go up against number one corners. He is a rookie. Casey Hayward has been a lot better recently. The, the Chargers defense as a whole has just been very good during this seven-game winning streak. So not loving Sutton is more than a volume-based wide receiver three because you expect him to see targets with DT out. And he's done a lot with a little in the past this season. But in a tough matchup, rookie, I just don't love it. Against yeah. a team that's hot, too. Man, I, the fact that they don't even have Bosa back yet either. They're they're a scary team, man. Bosa entered the practice field for the first time today. Hey-o. Um, So, I mean, I, I know what you're going to answer this, but no no, no shot you're starting Case Keenum, right? Come on, Sean. Come on, yeah. brother. Uh, and Emmanuel Sanders at this point, if you have him, he's a must start. Are you tempering expectations, though? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Desmond King has locked down the slot receivers, and Emmanuel Sanders runs the vast majority of his uh, routes from the slot. So I do have him as a volume-based wide receiver too, but more of low end. Usually I'll have him as a high, higher end wide receiver two or even a low end wide receiver one. So this week I'm definitely tempering my expectations. Some good-ass games uh, coming up in the late, in the late shift of this Sunday. Eagles, Saints, Vikings, Bears, Chiefs, Rams, should be high flying. Should be hard bro. fought battles. Uh, let's go first. Bro. The Eagles at the Saints. What's up? Skip the Chargers, bro. Man, I was doing. We so didn't well. talk about Ka. We didn't talk about Terrell the Gazelle. We didn't talk about Omel Go. Damn, man. We didn't talk about Philip Rivers. Damn, yo, I, I need. I'm. You know what? You guys talk about the Chargers. I'm taking a timeout. You want the hard shots? Philip Rivers, fringe quarterback one. Melgo, high-end running back one. What are you doing Steven right Allen. now? I don't know. <laughs> Come on. Let's go. All right. Yeah, uh, let's, talk, so, let's talk about the wide receiving options. Listen. Oh, I was going to go into Phillip Rivers. He's basically been startable every week uh, this year, but Denver's not a terrible defense to go up against, but I just – there's so many – I don't know if Jason agrees, but there's so many, like, really good quarterback – uh, matchups this week that I couldn't rank him in my top 12. Yeah, Jason has him as his quarterback 13 as well. But uh, so I wouldn't be wouldn't be surprised at all if he lands in there, but not trusting him this week as a quarterback one. Uh, Keenan Allen has to go up against Chris Harris Jr., one of the also one of the best slot corners in the league. Uh, Keenan Allen is coming off of two big games starting the second half of the season. First, he went six for 124 and then last week six for 57 and finally found the end zone again first time since week one uh the broncos i mean excuse me yeah the broncos are tough against the slot corner which is why i don't love keenan allen this week but because of all the teams on by and such i still have keenan allen as a low-end wide receiver one option but i wouldn't be super excited if i was a keenan allen owner this week yeah i'll just hop in uh Keenan Allen has struggled to get yards against Chris Harris in his career, but has bested him in the end zone. So you're probably going to need a touchdown for Allen to have a good game, but he's been hot recently. He's always been a sec- better second-half player. Keenan Allen is someone you can fire up, but temper your expectations a bit. Tyrell Williams is someone I like uh, his outlook for. He saw six targets last week. That's the most he's seen in a game. He's been very efficient with targets. Uh, over the last few years, he's number one in the league of all receivers. Um I believe in uh, yards per catch. He just 
he's a very good receiver. So if he sees more targets, he's going to be uh, productive with it. And then I agree that Phillip Rivers, uh, the Denver defense has been a little better recently. He has at least two touchdowns in every game passing. He's been very good. One of the most efficient passers in the league. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was a quarterback one. But I feel like there's better options and better game scripts. I think this might be another game where the Chargers go up early and just ride Melgo. Yeah, Melgo is a definite in this one. What do we, how do you feel about Austin Eckler? No. I, mean, I think it's gotten to the point where you know that he's not really going to be productive. That, yeah. That 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 uh shine that he had in the beginning of the year is starting to fade. It's because he can find You guys both talked at the same time. No idea what you said. Michael, why don't you start and say that? Said so they, they were the one-two punch in the beginning of the year, but it's kind of faded away to a one punch. That's been cool. Melvin, Melvin Gordon has been so good. Yeah. Hard not to give him the ball. He's yeah. been the best running back, according to PFF. And Tim, you, guess who? I yeah, told yeah. Michael before the show, but guess who number two is? Matt Burita? Frank Gore. What? Yeah. What? According to PFF, which honestly makes me lose a little respect for them. Yo, Frank Gore Hall of Fame? Of course. 100%. Yeah. Come on, man. All right. All right. Let's go now to the those crazy games that we're talking about. Let's start with the Eagles and the Saints. This, you know, the Saints have been an absolute tear. It's hard to stop them. Uh, 45 points and 51 points in their last couple of games. Um, Drew Brees on the road. Oh, I'm sorry. At home. Drew Brees at home. You're starting him. Don't even think about it. So let's go over to the running backs. Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara had identical fantasy outputs in half-point PBR last week. Um, Obviously, you expect a lot of Alvin Kamara. How are you feeling about Mark Ingram? I'm not loving it. Not loving it at all. Yeah. Gonna, the, the Eagles are – the Eagles and Saints, both these teams are uh, pass-funnel defenses. Yes, they are. You do not want to run against them. That's why I love the pass-catching options. There's probably going to be a game where the clock stops a lot. There's going to be a lot of passes, a lot of uh, receiver, tight end, quarterback points. Even running backs out of the backfield, Kamara, cough, cough. Uh, Ingram's going to need one of his screen – like he, he's going to need to break off a screen for 50 yards in order to be productive in this game, I feel like. Jason, you've been texting too much. You just said Kamara, cough, cough, instead of coughing. <laughs> said Kamara, cough, cough. Instead yeah. of like, <coughs> Kamara. <coughs> I mean, you've been texting. Michael, would, how do you feel? People say how that in real life. Michael, just, Mike, come on. People say All that. Right. Stop talking so I can back you up. Jeez, yes. <laughs> People say cough, cough. Come on, Michael, please. Come on. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I actually agree. Obviously, Alvin Kamara is a shoe-in RB1 per use. And uh, Mark Ingram definitely was more involved than I expected last week after it seemed like he was moving into a more of a spell-back role. But he did have to be super efficient to perform at the level that he did. I don't know if that happens again against Philly. I do have him as a low-end RB2 just because the Saints offense is so dynamic. And if they're able to take a lead, Mark Ingram will probably get more carries. So, not someone I love, but not someone I hate either. Uh, Michael Thomas, though, he's our consensus number one wide receiver. He's a beast. Absolutely start him. Not much really to say there. The Eagles struggle against receivers, so this is an absolute monster game for opportunity for Thomas here. They just just lost a number one receiver as well. I mean, a number one corner as well, so something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, it's bad. 
Traquan Smith is someone Jason is more uh, inclined to play than I am. He has him as his wide receiver 36. I'm at 46. I know he's at home in a big play potential uh, type game, but a couple weeks ago when that was the case, he he went two for 23 and was saved by a touchdown. He Wait, what did you say, a touchdown? He was saved by a touchdown. He what? hasn't had more. Touchdown? Shut up. He hasn't had more than three receptions all year So in a game. So, yeah, suck it, Jay. I don't know. I think Jason's ahead of the curve with this one. I think people are going to start to realize that Trey Smith is a playable asset at home. Thank you. I agree. He's I mean, I haven't, I haven't been flexed to Artori. I'm, I'm happy to start him this week. I'm starting him as a wide receiver three in our main league. Because your team is trash. <laughs> no. He's at home against the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm starting him in, in the Brodo League. Uh, shout out to that team who's, after going 6-0, and has lost four straight. Holy uh, so let's move on. Benjamin Watson, how do you feel about him? One uh, catch or one yard last week. Yeah, he's either he's uh he's he's hard to predict. He did ha- he did have a touchdown call back last week. Like, well, he- it wasn't a touchdown, that's why. But he he actually tweeted it was mad cute. Uh, he tweeted like. I came home and my son was like, "Hey, nice touchdown today, Dad." And he was like, "But it wasn't a touchdown." He goes, "But it was a touchdown to me." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I feel like he's—you uh, can kind of predict his blob spots. I feel like this is a safe option, uh, safe week to use him. So we mentioned the Saints' great run defense uh, and the Eagles' uh, kind of shaky run situation. Josh Adams, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood. Uh, I'm leaning Wendell Smallwood in this matchup if I had to go with someone because I think that the running in between the tackles is not going to be effective. They're going to have to go to the air. Um, are you Where are you leaning, if anywhere, in this game for the running backs in the backfield? I prefer Josh Adams. He had seven rushes, uh, six, seven rushes for 50-ish yards last week, pretty successful. 47. 47. Yeah, 47 yards. The week before, he had nine rushes. He, was, he played well then. And uh, what's his face? The head coach, uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, yeah, said he wants to get Josh Adams even more involved. It's looking more and more like a Aaron Jones esque situation there. Uh, Josh Josh Adams is cl- obviously not at the same level, but Josh Adams has clearly been a much better running back than Corey Clement or Wendell Smallwood. Wendell Smallwood does have the pass catching potential, which is why I ranked him as my 32nd running back so i do think there's flex appeal there if i'm choosing between the two i prefer adams but if i really had to i would not play either of them zach Ertz, 14 receptions monster game 145 and two touchdowns last week uh the saints are susceptible to getting beat by the tight end um gotta start zach Ertz. you don't gotta spend too much time on that one but let's Listen. talk about another pass catching options Golden Tate wasn't very involved in his first game, but you expect that he's going to get more involved as the weeks goes on. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, he's looking more and more like a touchdown-dependent player. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had 83 yards, so kind of coming around. Out of these pass-catching options, which one do you want to hang your hat on? I mean, if you had to choose one, it's definitely Jeffrey. I mean, yeah, for for sure. I think He's been dealing with a lot of tough matchups lately. Uh, Lattimore is the next on the docket, but it's not like you need to – shy away from Lattimore. Uh, Jeffrey's also been good sometimes against these tough corners, but it's tough when you're facing a lot of good corners in a row. 
this is going to be a shootout in the Superdome, I, I think. Uh, Carson Wentz has been uh, – he's been the quarterback four, I think, since week four. He's putting up over 20 points a game. So he's going to have to get some points somehow. Uh, I think it's going to be Ertz and Jeffrey. Golden Tate I have as an upside wide receiver three. He only ran 15 routes last week. But against the Saints uh, in this game, coming out of the slot, 15 routes might be all he needs. And I'm assuming he's going to run more in his second week on the team. Michael? Yeah. Uh, Golden Tate played like 20-ish percent of the snaps, and Aguilar played like 75-ish percent of the snaps. Would not be surprised at all if that flipped this week uh, with Tate getting more acclimated with the offense. He did have four targets in only 15 snaps last week. And as we've said before, they the Saints get beat. P.J. Williams, their slot corner, gets beat early and often. So I do also like Golden Tate as a wide receiver three. Definitely some risk there, obviously, because it's still not certain how much he's going to play, but I'd be okay with putting him out there as a wide receiver three. All right. Uh, anyone else in this game you'd like to talk about? Uh, Carson Wentz is a must-start. I have him as a top-five quarterback. How do you guys feel about him? Yeah, yeah. I touched on Wentz as well. Yeah, I just one already. little fun fact about Zach Ertz. He's already set the record for um, – 75 catches through nine games in the NFL for a tight end. Uh, if he catches zero balls in this game, he will have set the record for most catches for a tight end through 10 games. That's the second craziest stat I've heard this week. Uh, the craziest stat was if Nathan Peterman, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers threw a, a interception on 1,200 of his next straight attempts, he still would have a better touchdown interception ratio than... <laughs> Nathan Peterman. All right. hilarious. Yeah. Tim touched on a, a stat that we're working on in the background right now. Nathan Peterman is the only quarterback to have a negative score. <laughs> a negative score? What? He had a negative score. What? Is that possible? Obviously in, it is. In but one what? of his games, he had a negative score. What? That's how Yo, bad he is. You guys don't know this stat. Like You will <laughs> know it soon, but what? Holy moly. Oh my goodness. He he needs to go announce some football or something or be a high school coach or some shit. All right. Um let's move on to the next game. Uh the Vikings and the Bears. The Vikings are at uh, home Bears. coming off a bye week. Um Stefan Diggs set to return. He got some practices in, so he should be on the docket. Uh the Bears, on the other hand, have been amazing uh, as a defense. Uh for those starting the Bears defense week in and week out. Is this Viking offense scary enough to make you pivot? So uh, the Vikings' offensive line has been absolutely atrocious, which is bad news for them going against the Bears. But coming off a bye, I just have a feeling that – because I, I'm not a believer in the Bears. I feel like their offense just isn't good enough. Oh, my I, goodness. You, me and you are completely different. I, I am so ascending on the Bears. I, I love that team. No, I, so I just feel like the Vikings are going to come out of their bye and – Almost a must-win for them with their uh, record and really put it on the Bears and end up winning this game. So I do think Kirk Cousins is a startable quarterback one. There are better options this week. But I also absolutely love Adam Thielen. Uh, Stefan Diggs looks like he's going to play. He's been practicing this week, so he looks good to go. And, uh, yeah, I also like Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. I expect him. Similar to Leonard Fournette last week, I expect Alvin Cook to kind of just take over that backfield now after getting that week of rest and breaking out that long run a couple weeks back. So even though it seems like a really bad matchup for the Vikings, I kind of like all their players to 
to change that outcome. I like all. I think Kirk Cousins is someone I try and pivot from this week, but I I like his pass catching options. Uh, I like Thielen because he's Thielen. I like uh, what's his name, Stefan Diggs, because he's Stefan Diggs. I think I'm they both have good games. Hop in real quick. Uh, Diggs has been averaging four and a half more catches and forty more yards on the road than at home. Uh, might seem odd, but that's what's happening there. So he's a good play. Thielen, of course, is a good play. I'm pivoting on Dalvin Cook. I don't love him this week. Uh, I like him in the future for the rest of the year, but Dalvin Cook has one. Uh, the Bears, sorry, have allowed only one running back to pass 100 yards from scrimmage against them, and they've allowed one rushing touchdown. Uh, it's not a team that I want to attack with a running back, especially one that hasn't really played this year. Dome team on the road. It's going to be a tough proposition. Um, let's go over to the Bears then. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, that dude. Love you, Mitch. Scored me 36 points in my league last week, uh, which caused me to score 160 points total. In, I also had David Johnson and a couple more people that went crazy. Um, what, what? The sky's the limit for Mitch. Like, what is he going to come back to earth anytime soon? I mean, let's just say, I mean, all right. He, he, it's his legs that are carrying him. But, Not last game. Last game, 23 for 30, 355 in the air and three touchdowns. Oh, yeah, that is, finally, he had a good game passing. Finally. Real quick, though. Real he's quick. had a couple of good games passing, bro. And, and yo, listen, I mean, just because he's not passing great doesn't mean that the rushing yards don't count. The rushing yards lead into passing yards. I had him as quarterback six last week. I have him as a QB1 this week, even against Minnesota. He's averaging 30 points per game at home. He's basically putting up Cam Newton's rushing numbers. Uh, Trubisky's a very good fantasy quarterback at this point. I say start him this week. But doesn't mean that last, he's a great passer. Yeah, last week he went up against the Darius Slayless lines led by Tease Tabor and Deshaun Shedd. It was a mess. So, a grain of salt with his with what he did last week. Oh, come but, on. What do you mean, come on? Did you see the cornerbacks out there? Did they, they, the lines are absolute trash, a cornerback outside of Darius Slayless. All right, but how about the other two 30-point performances and the 40-point performance? Like, this is not something that just happened. This is something that... He's been doing it. He's been ridiculous. I think, I don't know, Mr. Trubisky is one of my new favorite quarterbacks. I think that he, people are saying that he hasn't been passing well, but he is hyper-efficient last game, and he's been more efficient and more and more efficient every week. You got to remember, this guy's in his second year. He was in a Jeff Fox offense. It has a lot of scheme. Uh, Matt Nagy's been putting out a very good offense. I feel like if you watch the Bears, Trubisky's making plays due to the scheme, or as you watch the Rams, who also have a great scheme, Jared Goff also makes tough throws. I, that nah. doesn't change. The we're fact we're that not going to continue. We're not going to continue talking about Mr. Trubisky, but I, I I don't know. Yes, he is a. We both agree that he's a very startable fantasy option. For me, I think that he's becoming one of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, slowly but surely. Um, number. Uh, Let's talk about the rushing. Actually, let's talk about the receiving options as we're piggybacking off the quarterback. Allen Robinson returns with a bang. Six for 133 and two touchdowns, including a dime piece for the first touchdown from Mitchell Trubisky. Um, how do you guys feel about Allen Robinson in this game going up against Xavier Rhodes? I think anyone expecting a similar output to last week is in for a rude awakening. Uh, Allen Robinson, like I just said to you, Tim, uh, the Lions had a despicable cornerback 
lineup last week without Darius Slay. And yeah, he torched them, but now he has to go against Xavier Rhodes. Sunday night football, prime time. I just I don't love the outlook for him. I think he's a wide receiver three this week. But don't forget, before last week, he has been absolutely a, a huge letdown for fantasy owners. So I don't love him, but he's the number one option there. So I think he's, he has wide receiver three potential. Uh, according to a metric that I can't remember where I read it, Anthony Miller is averaging the most space of separation of any receiver in the NFL over two and a half yards, a uh, 2.2 yards of separation per route run. Uh, and he's a rookie. He's coming into his own. This is two straight games of him killing it. Five receptions for 122 yards in a TD last week. Uh, he, it looks like Taylor Gabriel has been phased out of the offense and that, uh, Anthony Miller out of the slot is someone who Mitch Trubisky trusts and likes to take deep shots with. What do you, how do you guys feel about Anthony Miller? I think that uh, you're right. When I liked Gabriel earlier in the season, it was a lot. Uh, it was due to when Anthony Miller wasn't playing. I thought he was a great play. Now Anthony Miller's taking that role over. And um, I mean, he's been doing well with it. The thing, I, I mean, I don't expect too much from him. I think he could be a wide receiver three. Allen Robinson ran 70% of his routes from the slot last week. Uh, so if that's a thing that's going to keep happening, that's a little concern because Miller's been good out of the slot. I just don't know if I can trust Anthony Miller on a weekly basis yet. He's been very good, though, but the Minnesota Vikings defense isn't one to sneeze at. They've been very good recently. Uh, Miller's a decent wide receiver three flex play, but he's not going to... He's not going to have a 100-yard, two-touchdown game. So what do you really uh, – what's the ceiling you're reaching for here if you're starting him? See, here's here's the thing. I, I agree with you that this week is a little less certain than the weeks to come, but I feel like if you're the Cooper Cup owner and you're looking at the waiver wire and you're looking, who's a player that has the ability to – and, again, take this with a grain of salt because I'm not saying exactly, but give me somewhat of a level of production of Cooper Cup – when he's in and has a great game, I think Anthony Miller is that exact guy. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm just talking about this week right now. I think if you lost Cup and Miller's on the waiver wire, it's a it's a good pickup. Obviously, not the same production, but it's a good pickup. What about Trey Burton? He's very up and down this year. He's very up and down, but he's basically proven that he's a red zone threat and he's gonna score touchdowns. So he's a you know solid tight end number seven. Let's go over to the uh, running situation. Uh, both of these uh, running backs did not have a great game. It was really through the air uh, last week against the t the the Lions. Uh, shout out to Snacks Harrison, who's turned the Lions from a terrible run defense into one of the better run defenses in the league. Now they're just getting passed on all the whole time. Uh, it's amazing how much that guy makes a difference on, on for running defense. But Jordan Howard, 21 on 11 carries. Tariq Cohen, 15 on 7 carries. Even in the air, wasn't that productive? 29, uh, 6 for 29 through the air. Jordan Howard, 1 for 11 through the air. Um, what is your outlook on this running back situation against a Vikings defense that uh, at times has looked unbeatable and at times has looked extremely beatable? I mean, Terry Cohen did get a red zone rush, which was awesome to see actually inside the 10, and he scored on that rush. And he had seven targets, so I don't know what more you could ask for if you're a Terry Cohen owner. I have him as a, I have him as a solid RB two this week. He has caught six or more balls in three of the last five games. Uh, the Vikings are allowing seven or more catches to running backs. 
uh, over the last five weeks. Sorry. So, I mean, it's it's a perfect storm kind of play here for Terry Cohen. And uh, I expect this to be a close game where, or maybe even the Bears trailing. So it's not going to be Jordan Howard trying to run the clock out and things of that sort, trying to ground and pound. So I think it's a very solid time to utilize Terry Cohen. I'm with, uh, I gotta, I'm with him. I'm with him too. 30th yeah, in DVOA. Uh, Jason, what, what, what do you got to say? Uh, it's probably going to bounce off what you said. Uh, more than half of Minnesota's points that they've allowed to running backs this year have been through the air. It's definitely a team that you want to attack um, through the air with your running back. And it could also be a, a good battle of offenses as well. So Cohen's the guy you want when it's not a obvious game that the Chiefs, that the Bears are going to win. Yeah, I agree. I think Terry Cohen has a big one in this one. I, I would stay away from Jordan Howard. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I think we're good, huh? Good. I think we're good with Let's this guy. go to the game of the century. Monday night. Do you know what's funny? Guess what I'm watching as soon as I'm done with this? Game of Thrones. Because we saw we saw the preview last uh, last night. They just uploaded the preview, and my fiance and I are just like, yo, we're going to watch it again. Tim, I don't know if you know about this, but uh, in five days or six days, the 20th of November, uh, George Martin or whatever, the George author, R. George R. Martin, he actually wrote a book. He was talking about how everyone was like, everyone obviously expects such great material now out of Game of Thrones and they wanted the new books because the show passed or whatever. And he ended up writing a prequel 300 years in the past about the Targaryens that's coming out on the 20th. Oh. And they're actually going to make that a show after Game of Thrones ends as well. What? Uh, You're going to make it a show? That's right. On HBO? Yeah. Let's fucking go! Uh, <laughs> the best news I heard all day. <laughs> oh my boring. god! If you're not a Game of Thrones fan, by the way, get on that. It's a Targaryen prequel. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I want to know about. I want to know about the Mad King. Yo, I got some theories about the Mad King, guys. I got some theories. I got some theories. We're gonna leave it at that. But uh, speaking of the Mad King, Patrick Mahomes has been the Mad King. Yay! Yay! Uh, this season. Um, this game. Going from Mexico to LA for what they say is field conditions. It is field conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Field conditions, my balls. I think that this is the biggest game of the year. They trying to get some money in LA, if you know what I'm saying. Okay, conspiracy theorist. Look, you know I loves me a conspiracy theory. But anyway, (laughs) God bless your soul, Michael. Thank you. Um, let's go over to the Chiefs. Uh is it as simple as start everyone? Listen, yes. let's, go, let's, go, let's go through this real quick, all right? Because you have Mahomes, you're starting him, right? Watkins, you're starting him. And you're, and you're expecting him to be a top-end wide receiver one. You're expecting uh, Kareem Hunt to be a top-end running back one. Yeah. You're, you're expecting I mean, Tariq Hill to be a top-end wide receiver one. You're expecting Travis Kelsey to be a top-end tight end one. Yeah, and I don't see how any of this doesn't happen, in my honest opinion. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if the game ends 42-40. to 40. Uh, I mean, I think that Gurley might put up 50 points. I think that Hunt might put up 40 points. I wouldn't be surprised if they both combined for 80 points in this game. You just said 90, though. I know, because, come on, 50 <laughs> points is crazy. That was 40. So, Sammy Watkins expected to play versus the Rams. If he plays, are you also starting him? Of course. He's yeah. been a solid wide receiver three all year. He's not getting enough love just because he's been consistent and hasn't had huge games. If he's going to have a huge game, it's going to be this one. If not, you're still going to get a consistent wide receiver three. Yeah, we have him as wide receiver two this week. 
against LA. As we said, Marcus Peters has been really bad. Troy Hill hasn't been good. And uh, we haven't even out, so. talked about the implied total from Vegas yet. 63 points. The last time I saw it, it was 64 and a half. Really? It went up? Uh, that's what I saw. People are betting the over, I guess. Listen, the Chiefs have scored on 58% of their drives. The Rams have scored on 57% of their drives. And neither of these defenses have been impressive. Uh, this game's going to come down to a couple turnovers. Whoever turns over the ball more is going to lose. That's all it's going to take. It's going to be it, one of these young quarterbacks, one of these second-year quarterbacks is going to be going to turn the ball over. We'll see which one it is. Um, let's move over to the Rams then. Todd Gurley, possibly running back number one, obviously. Yeah. Jared Goff. Has a possibility to be quarterback one. Yep. Brandon Cooks, starting him. Robert Woods has become even more safe now with Cooper Cup out. So here's the question. Josh Reynolds, is he a guy that you could start in this game? And what is your outlook on Josh Reynolds moving forward? So Josh Reynolds, I don't know if Jason's going to agree with me here. I'll find the rankings for Reynolds. But I have Josh Reynolds as my wide receiver, 42. Jason is a 37, so a little higher. I actually don't love Josh Reynolds this week. Probably the only startable asset that I don't love because Robert Woods is more than likely going to be coming out of the slot now with Cooper Cup gone. He did that uh, when Cooper Cup was hurt earlier in the year. And we got Cooks on the outside as well. And Josh Reynolds on the opposite side. And uh, the Chiefs cornerbacks have actually been very good at limiting receiver scoring of late, basically all year. They're giving up most of their points on the ground through the air and tight ends and things of that sort. And uh, <clears throat> they have only allowed two touchdowns over the last five games to opposing receivers. And I feel like Josh Reynolds needs to find the end zone to have a good day. So I don't love Josh Reynolds this week, but I do think Robert Woods out of the slot and Brandon Cooks both have pretty huge games and end as wide receiver ones. What about Gerald Everett? He's been more involved the last two weeks, and they're going to need a guy to take Cooper Cup's role in, in the uh, red zone. Now, we've seen Josh Reynolds score two touchdowns in a game, uh, and I do like Josh Reynolds going forward because I think that Josh Reynolds, last time he was a replacement. This time he's the starter. So I feel like he's going to be uh, put into that offense a little more. I mentioned that on the waiver wave. Um, Jason, how do you feel about Jared, Gerald Everett, and how do you feel about uh, Josh Reynolds? Uh, I don't think you can possibly start Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby or any other tight end name you throw out from St. Uh, I was going to say St. Louis. You know, I wrote STL today, too, and I was making the note. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you can't trust them. As for Josh Reynolds, um, listen, I know the Chiefs have been good against uh, not giving up touchdowns to receivers, but Robert Woods hasn't scored a touchdown in a while. He's still been a wide receiver one, too. Brandon Cooks hasn't scored a touchdown in a bit, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, maybe he scored uh, one or two. He ran in one last week. He has back-to-back 100-yard games through the air, so not counting rushing. Both these guys actually get a few rushes every game, it seems like. So Josh Reynolds can still be productive with those guys not finding the end zone, if that's the argument. He can find the end zone instead. He does have two touchdowns in the last game that he replaced Cooper Cup in. I think that uh, anyone playing, because they love to run the same personnel, so if Josh Reynolds is going to take over most of Cooper Cup's role, even if it's a limited role, if he's still on the field for 85% of the snaps against the Chiefs in this game with an implied total of 64.5 points with two teams that score 
on at least 57% of their drives, Reynolds is someone you could throw out there as a flex play. I'm and not for nothing. They 85% would be super low. They run 11 yeah. personnel 98% of the time. That's by 11 personnel, three wide receivers. Yeah. They're not going to change that all of a sudden. They're not going to change that. Well, I mean, they might try to sneak in a different receiver for Reynolds or have him be the decoy on a few routes uh, on routes that Cup might not have been the decoy on, stuff of that sort. But he could still be relevant. Uh, Sean McVay, in the press conference when he talked about Cooper Cup, he said that, hey, Josh Reynolds is a startable wide receiver in any other league. He's a starting ending uh, the team. He's a starting wide receiver, and we have complete trust in him without being even asked the question. So obviously his team likes him. Um, I, this is after this game. They're all both going on by as well. They're the two teams that are on by next week. I'm calling next week unofficially uh, upset Sunday because I think that if you're if you're sitting all the players on the Chiefs and all the players on the Rams. There's about to be some upsets around the league because probably the best teams in your league have players from those teams, probably multiple players from those teams. So uh, if you are on the bubble and you are playing one of the better teams in the league last next week, that's your time to play them. So congratulations with that. But with that being said, that is the end for week 11, our preview uh, for anything for any updates, you can follow at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. Also, BrotoFantasy.com for the complete rankings by the Twins. Um, Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason? Jason Patrop. And you can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only Frisky. Yeah, Frisky. Um, good luck this week, everyone. We hope you win some uh, some games. And until then, yeah. peace. Later.